paraphrase Prince, the 80s are over and the time has come to take a step back. That probably wasn't what you were expecting me to say, was it? Well, here I am. I've completed all Prince Lyrics podcast episodes covering every officially released song from 1978 to 1989. And, you know, you'd think it now would be time for me to start the next phase of my journey through Prince's catalog and enter into the 1990s. Pump the big noise in the 90s is the theme of the decade after all, right? <laughs> well, not today, my friends, and not tomorrow either. If I'm nothing else, I'm thorough. Prince's vault is as vast as it is legendary. In my opinion, there are simply too many gems that have somehow, no questions asked for me, snuck their way out of the vault over the years and have been shared amongst tape collectors, bootleggers, file shares, and now on streaming services such as YouTube. I simply can, in good conscience, advance to Prince's 1990s discography until I've touched on his vault material from the 70s and 80s. Yeah. <laughs> you heard me right. That's what I said. Prince's vault material from the 70s and 80s. That's kind of a, a ridiculous endeavor. Maybe so. A fool's endeavor. Likely. But I'm, I'm a fool, so here we are. And, you know, please keep in mind, I am just one man, a man with no industry connections or any special access of any kind. Some of the songs I'll be covering from the vault have been officially released, and some have not. I will try to capture as many as I can in many solo episodes, as well as uh, regular length deep dive episodes with guests like I've been doing. So you're going to get a, a mixture of of mini solos and regular length guest episodes, depending on the song, depending on what my guests want to cover. So I, I really want to do my, my due diligence with these songs without taking the next five years to do it. So hopefully these episodes will expose you to some music you've never heard before. Or maybe it's uh, music you've spent a little time thinking about. Uh, but even if we cover some enormously popular tracks from this era, songs that uh, are so widely bootlegged that everybody kind of considers them canon and understands where they fit in with Prince's discography and his, um, you know, his legacy. I really still hope that uh, you guys enjoy these episodes. So for the sake of time and scheduling, I'll be doing many of these episodes solo. So this is, this is where I need your help. If I cover a song by myself, and you think that I completely missed the mark or neglected a key lyric or aspect of Prince's background or intent, or just, you know, like you wanted to add some additional context, please let me know because I, I am going to go through these fairly quickly and um, I'm sure I'll miss stuff, certain. And I really hope that you guys will, will inform me when I do in a respectful manner, know that I'm not doing it out of malice or ne neglect. It's just uh, I'm I'm attempting this in a different manner than what I've been doing for the past few years with my show. So you can get a hold of me at the PressRewind.net website. You can message me there. I'm available for comments on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. My DMs are open. So again, let me know if you think I missed something as I'm covering these episodes in the future. And if warranted, 
I will touch on your additional comments in a future episode. So again, a sincere thank you to all the listeners that have stuck with me and the show now for almost four years. So let's take a step back into the 1970s and dive into some of Prince's vault material, specifically in this episode of the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics Podcast. I'm going to be covering songs from Prince's home recordings from 1976, the demo versions of these songs that he recorded at uh, the Anderson home in Minneapolis in 1976. Now, this is uh, officially unreleased material because there have been no expanded or deluxe releases from from the estate of either of Prince's two 1970s albums, For You or Prince. So these are songs Prince wrote before signing his deal with Warner Brothers. Um, You know, he was just graduated high school. He was practicing songwriting living with his friend Andre Anderson, who would, of course, go on to become known as Andre Simone. His uh, The house was owned by Andre's mother, Bernadette, and Prince was basically a member of, of this family at this time. 17, 18 years old, living in their basement, practicing music. Uh, he was part of the uh, Grand Central slash Champagne Band, high school band that he was in with Andre, and Morris, Morris Day. This is a really seminal point in Prince's development, you know, kind of gaining some confidence in his songwriting abilities as a solo artist, not as a member of a band or a group. So these are these are compositions that he wrote, you know, just as a practicing songwriting. I don't know if he really intended to any of these songs, or many of these songs at least, to be listened to by potential um, record executives, uh, talent scouts. I'm not sure who these were intended for besides himself and maybe just to get some music out there and, and do some practicing of his you know his um, vocal abilities and songwriting skills and structure around songs and um, you know utilizing some of his influences and creating different styles of music, different genres of music. So I find these fascinating, fascinating for their early glimpses into this songwriting. Um, and some of them you can find examples of his songwriting more fleshed out later on in his career. But, you know, the genesis is here in 1976 as a, as a 17 and 18 year old. These are, these are thoughts and ideas and topics that a young man, a teenage, teenage man would have, you know, potentially connections to his, his life at the time was maybe what we'll try to, to glean from the lyrics, listening to these songs. So, um, I think that, you know, as a precocious teenage music prodigy, these are pretty good songs for the most part. They're, they're rough. They're rough around the edges. They're home demos. They're recorded using, you know, inferior equipment in a basement of a home that he was living at the time. These are not professional studio recordings. So keep that in mind as you listen to some of these songs, but this is a lyrics podcast. So we'll be primarily focusing on the lyrics to these songs. So the list of songs from this era, from this, this early 1976 home recording sessions, thankfully, most of them have been leaked somehow. 
you know, there's still a number of songs from, you know, the next kind of important recording session that Prince had at, at Moon Sound Studios with the tut- under the tutelage of Chris Moon. But a lot of those songs have not been unearthed. A lot of those songs I've never heard. So for some reason, somehow, these 1976 demos have have kind of found their way out of the vault and into the hands of, of, of boot collectors. And um, that's how I've, you know, figured out how to, to get at them. There's, you know, once you have a few different avenues to find them, they're not that hard to find really anymore. Not in, in the 21st century is not as difficult as it would have been 20, 30 years ago, for sure. So the only song out of this group of, of songs that he recorded around this time that I've not heard is a song Prince Vault calls Hey Lover. So if, if anybody out there <laughs> listens to the show and has a version of Hey Lover from 1976 that they want to share with me, I am all ears. However, I've scoured the internet and uh, even reputable websites that uh, typically have commonly found vault material. I've not been able to find it. I've not been able to listen to it. So I will not be covering Hey Lover for that reason. But there are going to be, let's see, one, two, three, four, five tracks that I am going to cover. Prince recorded a number of instrumentals that's typically included as part of these 1976 home demo recordings. Obviously not going to cover instrumentals. He also did a cover, uh, you know, a really solid cover of uh, Shaka Khan's uh, Sweet Thing. So, you know, the Rufus and Shaka Khan, the band she was in at the time in the 70s, released a song called Sweet Thing. It's a an extremely well-known kind of R&B classic. Prince enjoyed it. He was always a big fan of Shaka Khan, so it's not surprising that he would choose to cover a Shaka Khan song early on in his career when trying to, you know, practice his skills. Sweet Thing's a great song. I won't be covering that because he didn't write the lyrics to that either. So eliminating Hey Lover, the instrumentals, I think there's nine of them, and then uh, eliminating Sweet Thing, that, that takes us down to five songs that I'm going to be covering. And I'm going to go in alphabetical order because there's really no other order that makes sense to me. I'm not going to go in order of a most favorite to least favorite or group them together based off of any kind of theme. So first song I'm going to cover is a song called Don't You Want to Ride. So I'm going to read the lyrics to Don't You Want to Ride. They are, Met a foxy lady down in New Orleans, Finest little woman that I ever did see. When I asked her, baby, what do you do for fun? She said, you look young enough to be my son. And I kept on singing, yeah. It made me feel real bad, but I did not cry. I just came right on out with this funky reply. I said, I may be young, but would you rather me be old? My money is still green, and my love is made of gold. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
She made me feel real bad that I did not buy. Keep in mind that line right there. I just came on out with this funky reply. I said, I may be young, but would you rather me be old? My money's still green and my love is made of gold. Oh yeah. said, come over here, little daddy. Come on, go with me. I want to see your golden love. Don't worry about the money. I want to find out just what you're made of. To her apartment way across town. Sure was a long way to go just to get down. My hands began to tremble once we got inside. She looked at me and smiled and said, Prince, do you want to ride? Do you want to ride? And he repeats that. She took me by the hand and led me to her boat. We flipped a coin to see who would stroke. Heads, I won, so I took the oar. Then I rowed and rowed until she couldn't stand it no more. And I kept on singing, oh baby, oh yeah. got through sailing, couldn't sail no more. She said, I never been loved like this before. Anybody ask you who destroyed all your pride? Tell them the golden lover did it. Yes, he did. And he sure knows how to ride. She said, he knows how to ride. Ride, he knows how to ride. feel it. Ride. Oh yeah, your sailing days are over. Ride. I done cleaned up this town. Ride. Yeah, I done blown your cover. Ride. 
Yeah, don't mess with the golden lover. Ride. Don't you want to ride with me, baby? Don't you want to ride? Okay, that is Don't You Want to Ride, the lyrics in its entirety. So what I get from this song is that it's it's a really kind of, I wouldn't say juvenile, but it's certainly, you know, uh, uh, you can tell it's coming from the perspective of a young man. I mean, he even says it right in the song. He's the protagonist of the song, of course, and in the lyrics, he's uh, meeting up with a foxy lady down in New Orleans. You don't know right off the bat if this woman is just somebody that he meets on the street or maybe somewhere else, somewhere um, like at a club or a bar or something. Who knows? He just says, met a foxy lady down in New Orleans. And uh, he initiates conversation. Baby, what do you do for fun? And she replies, you look young enough to be my son. So, of course, you know, she's kind of already putting him down a little bit, kind of knocking him down a a peg or two just to make sure that uh, he knows that she's the one in charge and she's going to call the shots, basically. And uh, she's already a little bit wary of his age. Again, this is Prince writing this song as a teenager, probably still... um, not even technically an adult. And then in the line in the second verse, she made me feel real bad that I did not buy. That kind of tells me that this is, uh, that he's been soliciting a prostitute. (laughs) I mean, I think, uh, the, the mentions of money a couple times in the song, she made me feel real bad that I did not buy. And then later on in the song, she says, um, come over here, little daddy, come go with me don't worry about the money. So she's, <laughs> she's basically waving the, her fee for the night to be with this golden lover that is probably too young, young enough to be her son. Even I think this is kind of a, what I'll, I, I will quote, um, Zach Hoskins, his, his wonderful blog, printsongs.org. And he's going song by song through Prince's entire career. He's also touched on vault songs, including a lot of these uh, early, you know, 70s recordings, or at least the ones that have been distributed and heard and have had, uh, you know, given him an opportunity to listen to them as well so he can write about them. And (laughs) what he says in his write-up, his blog post on Don't You Want to Ride is... He calls this a penthouse form letter set to music. And I think that that is perfectly fitting. Uh, I couldn't have said it better myself, so I'm not going to try. I'm just going to give Zach the credit where credit is due on that one and point you to his blog to um, make sure that you read his writing on this particular song and really all of the songs that I'm going to be covering. Uh, Essentially, that's what I get out of this song as well. It's like a teenage boy's fantasy come to life prince writing it from a you know a place of imagination and imagining what life would be like or what the situation would be if he was to meet a foxy lady who happened to be a prostitute and damn it he's so hot that he's not gonna have to pay for her services the whole thing just kind of uh you know reeks of teenage bravado and uh the the vivid imagination that young men have Women find them so irresistible that 
they would basically do anything and this would be like the kind of story he would come back from his out of town trip and tell all his friends about and half of them would believe him half of them wouldn't and even the ones that believed him would probably still have in the back of their minds maybe a, a little thread of doubt because it's so outlandish <laughs> which is really what this song is it's an outlandish story but uh it is but besides it being kind of a silly song lyrically speaking this does uh, touch a little bit on a common theme or topic that prince has later on in his career especially in the more um you know, more professionally done, but still early on in his career records like 1999 or Purple Rain, where he has created a story, a story song. That's what this is, a story song, where the woman's the aggressor. The woman is the one who is in charge, sexually speaking. And she, in that case, in these cases, like Little Red Corvette and Darling Nikki and uptown they're not they're bold you know they're bold enough to go after what they want and this woman in this song does the same thing prince flips it around though instead of being where you know prince is uh completely turned out by these women he flips it around and basically rocks her world so she goes after what she wants and he proves himself to be more than capable in the bedroom. So these metaphors, another thing where Prince would do later on in his career is create these metaphors for sexual encounters. He does that here with the sailing metaphor. Um, took me by the hand and led me to her boat. We flipped a coin to see who would stroke heads. I won, so I took the oar. Then I rowed and rowed until she couldn't stand no more. Yeah, they're not out on a lake somewhere in new orleans <laughs> rowing a boat this is a, a very clear sexual metaphor that he's uh, expressing trying to be clever you know i mean he's just working things out trying to work out his the sexual part of his his lyrical progression how much can he get away with you know how much wink wink nudge nudges can he do he really went for it i don't know this whole rowing metaphor something i've never heard before personally and i've never heard it since so i just don't know if it's a, a real common one or one that stuck uh, to me it's a little awkward but he's trying he's trying not to be explicit here even in the home demo recordings just in case they were to be heard by anybody he wants to you know keep it clean but but at the end of the song, of course, he flips it, and now he's he's the golden lover. She's completely sprung on him. Even though she initiated it, he turned her out in this case. And, uh, you know, he's saying, your, your sailing days are over. So if that means that she's no longer going to, you know, prostitute herself on the street because she can't ever find a lover as proficient as Prince aka the golden lover i don't i don't really know exactly what that means but basically he came he fucked he left and now he's got a story to tell <laughs> that's what this song's kind of all about Three, four. <laughs> 
Next, we're going to talk about a song called I Spend My Time Loving You. This is a quite a lengthy, lengthy song, just over seven minutes long. It's, it's you know, a slowish kind of melancholy ballad. What's interesting about this is, unlike Don't You Want to Ride, I Spend My Time Loving You apparently was a song Prince liked enough to even consider it to be on his debut album. I don't know how far along in the process of creating a track list for for you did this song make it, but uh, in his autobiography that came out a few years ago, The Beautiful Ones, there was a handwritten note from Prince that included this track, I Spend My Time Loving You, as part of the potential track listing for his debut. It would have been the last song on side A, in one configuration that Prince documented. So whatever that means, you know, I'm sure very early on in these, the thought process, I mean, he had envisioned his debut album for years, probably. And so now that he had some songs underneath his belt, he could start imagining what it would sound like. And, you know, this is kind of a, a nice song to end a side on. Ended a kind of like on a, a nice quiet ballad note. Maybe he would have had to trim it down a little bit. Seven plus minutes is a bit long for a ballad. You know, we don't know if the song was ever re-recorded in a professional studio, so all we have to go by is this demo version. So he might have just given up the idea of this being on on his debut early on and never even recorded a more professional version. So unless something is unearthed later, all we have is this 1976 demo. I used to I used to spend my time painting watercolor portraits of a long sunrise. But when you came around, I would behold the beautiful sun forever in your eyes. I used to spend my time wondering why the world was here and who changed the day I used to spend my time wondering why the war was here and who changed the day into night. But now that you're mine, days and nights remain the same and from your eyes remains the only light. So Prince is trying to paint a picture. You have this imagery early on. I used to spend my time painting watercolor portraits of a long sunrise. Sensitive artist, you know, he <laughs> portraying the sensitive artist completely right here in these lines. Somebody who's, you know, who has poetry and artistry flowing through their blood, through their veins, where even in times of heartbreak, they turn to art in order to help soothe themselves and feel better about the situation. And uh, in this case, he's saying that he used to 
you know, spend his time painting watercolor portraits of a long sunrise, but when you came around, I would behold the beautiful sun forever in your eyes. So he doesn't need, he's saying he doesn't really need to paint anymore because his muse is this woman and he's kind of given up his art. So instead of being a muse for his art, he's she's more like a muse for his heart, um, not, this, not his art. So, you know, and also contemplating, I used to spend my time wondering why the war was here. So you think, again, he's coming across as this uh, deep thinker and somebody who has a lot of empathy for people and humanity and wondering why the world is the way it is. But now that you're mine, days and nights remain the same and from your eyes remain the only light. So again, she has completely flipped his worldview around and he doesn't think and act the same way. In love with you, I fell forever under your spell. All my days belong to you, because I would do everything for you. Every minute, every happy hour, I'd spend my time loving you. gone are my childhood fears. If not for you, the dark would bring my tears. for the other, making love for the rest of our summer. Tell him by your love and power, every second, every minute, every hour. I'd spend my time loving you. Oh, I'd spend my time loving you. Oh, you know you're beautiful, so beautiful. I need you. Uh, you know, the lyrics are a little bit more mature sounding than the last song we covered, Don't You Want to Ride? You know, that one's kind of a lark. This one's a bit more serious. In terms of the tone and what he's trying to convey 
Love has apparently made him stronger. Because of you, my childhood fears are gone. If not for you, the dark would bring my tears. So a little bit of immaturity growing up. You know, expression of just maturing, growing up. Understanding that there's more to life than just your own feelings and your own personal fears. He seems more focused. He's braver. His loneliness of youth is gone. The worries of his youth are gone. But, you know, the song is being sung from the perspective of somebody who's who's still in love. And he's explaining and expressing how love has changed him. How love has changed him for the better, I think he feels. I think he feels like love has definitely changed him for the better. And I think this could have been a, you know, a nice addition to For You. If it was re-recorded, maybe trimmed down a little bit. Keep the simplicity of the arrangement, you know, similar to Crazy You. That was a nice, simple, acoustic, ballad, multi-tracked vocals, just like this one. I think it could have worked. Um, Maybe it's not quite as pop-friendly, though, and that's probably why it got the hook. That's going to bring me to the end of part one of my 1976 home recordings, home demos, straight from the basement of a Bernadette Anderson home in Minneapolis, Minnesota, what Prince Fall believes to have been recorded sometime in early to mid-1976. So this would have been before he met up with Chris Moon and before he started recording music at Moon Sound Studios. Um, this is the time where he's, again, still trying to figure out who he is as a, as a musician, as a recording artist, as a songwriter, more specifically. I think he already kind of knew who he was as a musician, but as a songwriter, he's still figuring this out. And these songs are fascinating for that. On the next episode of the final of the two episodes covering these songs, I'm going to cover Leaving for New York, Nightingale, and Rock Me Lover. So thanks to everyone for listening, and until next time, goodbye.